Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Once Upon a Fan podcast for the week of August 12th, and I am your host, Zach Van Norman. I am joined by my co-host, Amy Hood. Hello, Amy. Hello, darling. How are you? I'm doing okay, I suppose. Doing pretty good. Uh, Lots of sunshine here in California, and I would imagine the same thing is true in Florida. Oh, yes. It's it's oppressively hot here, actually. A little too much sunshine. Yeah, I'm hearing that across the board from a lot of people that we've had some warmer weather this week. So hope all of you are staying cool out there, out there in listener land. Um, we will, of course, be getting into our uh, our episode review of 7.15 a.m. after we do our, our normal news roundup here. And uh, we're going to start out with a piece of news that, of course, is in the world right now. And uh, I know a lot of people are just, you know, talking about it, and they're also heartbroken about it. Um, it's not exactly once upon a time related. However, I feel that um, there's a lot of people out there who are feeling the same way as we are. So I just want to acknowledge something. Um, as most of you are probably aware, um, yesterday we got the news that Robin Williams passed away. And... Um, I'm in my, my late 20s, and for anybody who's in my generation, or I mean, it really doesn't matter what generation you're from, I suppose, um, he was obviously a man who touched a lot of people's lives from what I can see on social media. So um, we just want to take a moment here to acknowledge that great man and uh, all the great, fantastic work that he did in different movies. Obviously, many of you are mostly familiar with him as the voice of the genie in Aladdin, being, you know, most oncers are also Disney fans. So... Just want to take a moment to acknowledge him and what a wonderful person he was and how much laughter and light he brought to all of our lives. Definitely. I think the news kind of hit everybody right in the gut. Like you said, he was kind of, you know, we grew up alongside him and even before that had lots of movies and now I've shared a lot of movies with my kids of his and even more than that in his own real life he did a lot of charity work and he was a really great person so definitely a very sad day yeah it was a really sad day i saw a lot of oncers um posting online about you know what he meant to them personally and i'm right there with you guys um other than being the voice of the genie you also was the voice of uh of oh my gosh the character's name i can't remember batty in uh, fern gully mm-hmm. and he flubber and he also played peter pan in the great movie hook which also has dustin hoffman as as Captain Hook, right. and since we just to Neverland last season, uh, it's kind of uh, you know a little bit extra sad that we've lost that great man. But we love him, Robin Williams. We love you. You will always be a part of our lives, and we thank you for everything you brought to us. Definitely. All right. So moving on from the sad news, we're going to get into the more happier news now. Uh, so let's get into our weekly news roundup, which starts out with some news that we just got yesterday from Adam Horowitz on Twitter. Uh, the fourth episode of season four, the title has been revealed, and it is called The Apprentice, um, which could mean a variety of things. However, I am tickled by the fact that that is what the episode is called, because I'm hoping that it plays into my theory about the sorcerer Yensid from uh, Fantasia, um, the one, you know, the short with Mickey Mouse and, of course, with the brooms and the hat and everything. I'm hoping that means that somewhere along the way the hat will come back into play, or perhaps Yensid exists in the Once Upon a Time universe. Um, I kind of have a theory that the apprentice in question may end up being Henry, uh, because we did find out at Comic-Con this year that Henry will be spending more time with Rumpelstiltskin. So I'm, uh, I'm kind of hopeful that, that that's what it means. Amy, what do you think about the new title of the episode? 
I was excited when I saw it. The first thing I thought about was your Yunsit theory. So it's definitely very excited to hear that that's the title of episode four. And I also think that it's probably going to be Henry that's the apprentice. Yeah, I think that would be really fun. I definitely want to see more of Henry on screen. I think that he is integral to the story. He's always been kind of the heart and soul of the show, as Yvette Nicole Brown pointed out at uh, Comic-Con. So I'm really excited that that's what that means. Um, At least I hope that that's what it means. And in addition to Comic-Con, actually, we got some other news today from TV Guide, and I think Amy has that bit for us. I do. Those of you who follow TV Guide or even a lot of the once communities have been reposting, uh, TV Guide has been holding this contest for what was the fan favorite photo that was taken by TV Guide at San Diego Comic-Con. And it's been a lot of TV shows up against each other, their cast and the photos. It's been, I mean, just from all genres, not just sci-fi fantasy like we normally see where once kind of gets categorized. But out of every show pick that TV Guide took, uh, the Once Upon a Time cast photo won. So that was announced on Facebook and Twitter. And if you haven't already seen it, TV Guide has this big setup on Facebook now and on Twitter, too. You can go in and see the cast photo and this big banner that they made saying that that was the winner via social media through all the voting and the fans. So definitely a big deal for that to win out over so many other shows and so many other photographs that got taken. Yeah, in the final round, it was going up against The Walking Dead. And uh, Oncers United, as we always do, our general Once Upon a Fan family, or Once Upon a Family as we call it. And, uh, yeah, we ended up taking it for the gold. So congratulations to the cast for winning this small little picture contest. Congratulations, you guys. Um, In addition to that, TV Guide has also released two new pictures of Anna and Elsa from Season 4. One of them, it looks like they are walking into possibly a stable. Like, there's really, there's no context for what they're walking into there in that one picture. But the other one has Anna holding kind of a bouquet or something, maybe a wedding dress perhaps, and uh, she's standing opposite Elsa. So we did get two new pictures of the Frozen Sisters, which is kind of nice, um, you know, letting us know a little bit more about what's happening in Season 4. We're only about a month and a half away now, Oncer. So we don't really have that much further to go until we get the season four premiere. And I'm really excited because it feels like it's been forever since we had new stuff to talk about with Once Upon a Time, and I can't wait for the show to come back. Me too. September 28th cannot get here fast enough. <laughs> Seriously. We're counting the days. <laughs> yeah. Happily, happily, though, we have a fantastic show, The Quest, to keep us kind of satiated until that show comes back which, by the way, happens to air on ABC's Thursdays at 8 o'clock. Check your local listings. All right. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> in addition to um, that show, there's also another television show that has a Once Upon a Time star coming to it. Amy, what do you have yeah. for us on that? Kelly, Live with Kelly and Michael, which I'm not a huge, huge talk show person, but I always try and catch the talk shows. Even the ones that come on super early in the morning here, not a morning person, but I'll definitely get up to see because Lana Perea is going to be on the Kelly and Michael or live with Kelly and Michael on August 18th. So I'm definitely excited to see that because this will be one of her first times, you know, out and about and being interviewed after she publicly announced 
um, and acknowledged that she and Fred had gotten married. So I'm curious to see, you know, if she's going to talk about the show or what she has to say on that episode. So very excited for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I will be looking for that myself and I'm hoping that, uh, Maybe we'll get – well, I don't know if we'll get a clip or not from the season premiere. Um, I would love that if we did. Wink, wink. Anybody out there who happens to be listening who uh, may have some control of that, I'm just saying I wouldn't mind having a sneak peek. Perhaps you could show the clip of Regina and Sydney that was shown at uh, Comic-Con in case anybody needs yeah. any ideas for what to do there. Yes. <laughs> and uh, – <laughs> And then finally, we got some more news about Season 4 with Once Upon a Time from TV Line this week. They let us know that we will be seeing more of Belle's life before she met Rumpelstiltskin. And I know that makes a lot of you Rumbellers out there happy um, and anybody who likes one, you know, Beauty and the Beast. So uh, I'm really excited for that, too. I am curious to see what Belle's life was like in her you know, quiet little provincial town that she lives in. Um, I'm hoping that maybe we see more interaction between her and her dad or her and Gaston or, you know, really anybody. I would, I'm just really interested to see. Perhaps the blonde triplets may make an appearance. You never know. Maybe LaFoe. <laughs> um, any of that would be fabulous. But really looking forward to seeing more of Belle's history. And even though it's not confirmed or anything, this is just a personal request, again, to anybody out there who can do something about this. I would also like to get some more backstory on Prince Charming, please. Like, when he still lived on the farm. Can we get a little bit more charming, please? That's all I'm saying. Like, he's one of the only characters who doesn't have a very built-up backstory, and I want to see more of him. Definitely. I was thinking that today when I was uh, watching 715 again. Definitely. I love when they do any of the backstory. I love to see fairytale land, and I love to see the history and what's their little take on the, the stories of these characters. So I love it when they do backstory. Indeed. All right, so that's pretty much it for our news roundup. Once we don't really have a lot of new stuff that's going on right now. Um, I do know that Michael Saka has been spotted on set up in Steveson, so look for the Knave of Hearts to be making an appearance, you know, in at least the third or fourth episode of the season, if not sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, just Elizabeth for anybody who's Mitchell new, Elizabeth Mitchell was spotted today on set. Who? Elizabeth Mitchell. Oh yes, Elizabeth Mitchell. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. I heard that too. So. Um, <laughs> Very interested in in that, too. For anybody, if you're new to the podcast, Amy and I are not really big on spoilers. We don't like to see what's going to happen before it happens. Um, we feel that it kind of takes away from the story and, you know, enjoying what happens as it unfolds. Um, we speak specifically from experience with Season 2 when uh, we knew very far in advance what was going to happen to August and turning back into young Pinocchio. Uh, that was kind of the... That was the final nail in the coffin for me as far as spoilers goes. That's when I decided that I wasn't going to look at him anymore. Yeah, I, I think that's right around the time, too. I used to be a spoiler addict, but but no more. Now I stay as far away from them as possible. Yeah, same. All right, so let's get into our episode review. As everybody, you know, we did announce we're going to be watching 7.15, and we did. And... um my, okay, so my, here's my general opinion of this episode. Anybody, if you're in the chat room or anything, please feel free to um, agree or disagree on the following point. I feel that the flashback story was fantastic. Um, I really like the flashback part of it. I like seeing Snow White and Prince Charming's story unfold. 
But I have to say that there are certain aspects of the present-day Storybrooke storyline with Mary Margaret and David that, as much as I hate to say this, are really quite boring. And uh, uh, I, not necessarily my favorite episode. However, there are things that happened in this episode that are important to the overall storyline, which is one of the reasons why we watched it. Uh, Amy, how do you feel about this one in general? I w- I'm torn on this episode. There are parts of it that I think are fantastic. There are a few moments that are actually one of my favorite moments of the season is in this. Uh, but there were, like you said, there were a few things in Storybrooke that that I I don't know. It was the Storybrooke part was not my my super favorite part. I did like the stuff between Emma and Snow though. I thought that was some nice little little smushiness there. Yeah, nice relationship building between the two of them. I totally agree with that. But uh, but yeah, otherwise there are a few aspects that I just. I'm not as fond of, and when we get into it more, I will probably, you know, you'll obviously hear me talk about that. But overall, I do think it's an okay episode, but, um, yeah, it could have been done a little bit better here in the, um, in the storybook stuff. So let's get on into that. So as usual, we're going to go through the individual storylines instead of flopping back and forth because it's just easier to keep track of that way as far as what we're talking about. I know that some of you like that, some of you don't, but... It's just easier for us to keep track of that way, so that's what we're going to do. So we basically open with the stranger's motorcycle in front of Regina's house. And if you'll remember the previous episode, True North, which we watched for last week's show, um, that's when the stranger arrived. And it's, what's interesting about this, actually, is that in the engine of the motorcycle, there is a reflection of a cricket visible. And that was our first hint at our identity, at his identity, rather. But I know that a lot of people missed that detail the first time around. Um, I only actually heard about it towards the end of season one when people were saying that that was the first clue that he was, in fact, Pinocchio. Um, but I love the fact that the reflection of the cricket is visible, and I also love the fact that with all that reflective metal going on, you can't see the camera. So good job to the shooting production crew for making sure that that was out of the way, because I know that a lot of times, sometimes, you know, like you'll see the camera and things. Like in The Empire Strikes Back, you can see the camera crew in the reflection of C-3PO's head when he's on the conveyor belt and all that stuff. So, yeah, anyways. Um, Henry asks what the stranger is doing in Storybrooke, but the stranger is coy, telling him that a storm is coming. And this is quite significant, actually, because, and I'll, I'll get into that why later, but the fact that there is a storm happening and the timing of it all is rather symbolic. Uh, Regina comes out of the house. She obviously doesn't know who the stranger is. And after the stranger rides away, she, you know, grabs Henry and is very concerned. Meanwhile, over at Mary Margaret's, Mary Margaret is rushing through her kitchen brushing her teeth while Emma eats breakfast. And Emma tells her that it's 7.10, so she's got plenty of time to get to school. But Mary Margaret <laughs> agrees because... We're making a volcano. Um, I love that. It cracks me up. Like she's still, like she's still, yeah, I love I it. She's I like, can't deal with that. No? I was like watching it. I was like, ooh. Yeah, that was kind of, that was interesting. I love the fact that she was rushing though, and she's got such a cute outfit on too. But I love the fact that she's so like indignant at Emma because Emma's like, you have plenty of time to get there. Like if you don't have time to help the kids, it's fine. And she's like, we're making a volcano. Like, that's clearly the most important thing She's got to get to that volcano. Like, Emma, are you serious? So I, I just, I thought it was so cute. So Mary Margaret goes to Granny's, and she adjusts her appearance in the spoon, and she looks at the clock, and it's 7.15, and then David comes in. 
want to point out that her wedding ring, her Snow White wedding, wedding ring, that is, is on her right hand, middle finger. And uh, David orders coffee while Mary Margaret watches him. I just want to point out really quick that she is reading a Jules Verne book. Not sure which one, but she is reading a Jules Verne book, which I like. And David greets her. And they talk about the animal shelter and how the apes haven't taken over yet, which is a reference to Planet of the Apes, and I love that because that movie was just, you know, the rise of the Planet of the Apes was just out at the time, so I love that little reference there, pop culture reference, love it. And then David left, he leaves, and he, outside, he gives Catherine her coffee, you know, in the car. And Emma arrives and realizes that Mary Margaret was rushing to see David, and she says, so you're a stalker. And Mary Margaret says, no, not really, maybe a little bit. (laughs) And then she totally recaps David's day, saying that, you know, he goes to work at the animal shelter, and then, you know, he's off and home by five, and that they pick up Chinese for dinner on Thursdays. Um, so, yeah, you are a little bit of a stalker, Margaret. Yeah, just a little bit. Sorry, but just a little bit. Um, and then, of course, she wishes for a magic cure to get him out of her head, and that plays directly into this flashback storyline, which we will get into in a few minutes. Later on at the store, Mary Margaret is shopping, and she picks up a jumbo-sized Apollo bar along the way, which is a reference to the Lost universe, and I love that. Apollo bars tend to appear everywhere in the show. It was actually in the previous episode, too, in True North. That's one of the candy bars that the, that, uh, that Hansel and Gretel's storybook counterparts tried to take. Ava uh, and Nicholas. Nicholas. There we go. Ha, ha. Got it. <laughs> Not Christopher, like I said last week. So um, I love she, that she needed that much chocolate. Oh, that was a big old chocolate right? bar. I was like, that's right, girl. Yeah. You go for the biggest chocolate there. Me too, girl, because I was like, shoot, if I was depressed, I would be looking for the biggest hunk of dark chocolate that I could find. Seriously. Like, bring it on. It would either be that or some kind of dark chocolate chocolate with chocolate chip ice cream. Like, <laughs> on the real. So, um... So Mary Margaret is shopping. She gets the candy bar, and she runs into Catherine, and it's, of course, right in front of Regina. And, uh, you know, Regina's in the same aisle. And, you know, as they gather their merchandise off the floor, Mary Margaret picks up a pregnancy test, and she's obvious. And Regina says, I trust she'll be discreet, which actually harkens to something that happens in the future as far as a later episode, because that's basically a hint at Snow telling her secret about Daniel in, uh, mm-hmm. in the stable boy. You know, I trust you'll be discreet. Like, you know, their lives are their business, not yours. Like, it kind of plays into that whole thing. So I do like that they were adding those little touches along the way even earlier on in the season. Um, so the next day, Mary Margaret, go ahead. I was just going to say I do too because you know she doesn't trust Mary Margaret to be discreet at all. So she's probably hoping she'll go and tell David so that that will cause an even bigger rift between them. I love Regina. Yes. She's so devious. Yes, because as Ashley is pointing out in the chat room, Regina is probably just thinking to herself, yes, more drama. Like, yeah. Because Regina just can't live without disrupting these people's lives. So then the next day, Mary Margaret is walking in the woods, and she hears a bird. Oh, oh my. And she finds it in a trap, and she takes it to the animal shelter. And the vet speaks about how this breed of bird builds strong, monogamous bonds. And Mary Margaret realizes that the bird will be alone forever if not returned to her flock. Uh, the vet also says that the alternative is that the bird will heal, but she will not be happy there. And there's this obvious look between Mary Margaret and David before Mary Margaret decides to take the bird to the forest. And David offers to drive, but she declines his help. Now, one thing I just want to say about this scene. Who is the vet? 
Number one. I know he's obviously an expert on Dove. Apparently so, and we never see the man again, and I always wanted to know who he was. For a while, I actually thought that he was going to end up being um, uh, Sweet from Atlantis, the animated movie Atlantis, because he's, you know, like a doctor and stuff. But Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know how that would work. But we've never seen him since. So, you know, just curious about that. You know, Storybrooke could use a few more uh, what's considered a minority character. Hashtag just saying. So I kind of would just like to see who that man is. And if we're we're probably never going to find out. But I am curious about who he is. So later, Emma is putting things, like, you know, outside. Emma is putting things in the sheriff's car's trunk. And she's wearing a lovely little hat, by the way, with a cute little poop on top. And she also has on a red sweater, which, of course, is significant because she is the sheriff. And, you know, red means power on the show. So that's quite a significant thing. And, of course, Regina shows up. And one of my favorite lines of this episode is when Emma tells her, you know, if you're trying to blame me for the storm, you're taking things a bit far now. I just love that because Regina all the blame. blame her for everything. Yeah, she always That's gets all the blame. And... Emma's such a sassy woman. I love her. I love you, Emma. I love you, Jennifer <laughs> Morrison. Okay. So more Emma, please. More Emma Sodes. All right. So then, yes, uh, Regina tells Emma that she needs her to investigate the stranger. And Emma tells her that she gave him directions to Granny's earlier, and Regina's like, you talk to him? And she's like, I gave him directions. Like, what is the big deal? Regina says that there is something familiar about this stranger, and Emma says that he must be one of the untold millions that Regina cursed. And she mentions Henry's theory about what happens, and I love Regina's reaction, because she's like, what? Like, almost like, you believe this? Like, you know, you can tell she's, you know, she's trying to play off like it's nothing, but it's also, you know, I just love the fact that Emma said that. Um, Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. Um, Emma, of course, resists going to investigate the stranger, but Regina says that the stranger has an interest in Henry, and Emma agrees to look him up. Meanwhile, Mary Margaret is driving through the woods to the forest, and she comes to a road close by, and she decides to walk, and she eventually hears the flock through the storm. I'm going to guess somehow that was magic that happened, because how exactly do you hear a bird through a storm? Anyways. And she goes to stand on the edge of a ravine, like you do. And like then you do, yeah. Like you do. And she falls down, and she holds a branch for dear life to avoid falling into the river below, because that's what you do. Um, David arrives. David arrives and saves her, and it starts to rain. And they seek shelter in a nearby cabin. Ooh. And she worries about getting caught, but David reminds her that she's best friends with the sheriff and asks what's going on with her. And she tells him that she still has feelings for him, and she admits to going to Granny's at 7:15 every morning to see him, even though it makes her miserable because he chose Catherine over her. She says that being around him is too painful since they're not together. And he laughs and he tells her that he goes to Granny's at 7:15 to see her. And they nearly kiss before she stops them, talking about Catherine's pregnancy test. And there's the big dramatic dun-dun-dun, and it went to black. Meanwhile, Emma yeah. arrives at Granny's. Yeah, just, I love the dramatic dun, and then, you know, boom, and then it goes <laughs> Well, when this first aired, too, we didn't know at this point if when they finally kissed, that would break the curse, or that would make them remember. So I remember watching this the first time, and thinking, oh, they're going to kiss. One of them's going to remember. Something's going to happen. So I remember being very tense at that point. But uh, I, 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 if you can see in the chat room, we're talking about the, I've dubbed it the love chicken and how its call can pierce even the loudest storm. So clearly that wasn't an ordinary dove. 
No, in fact, it may have even been the same dove that delivers Charming's letter to Snow later on in the flashback. Oh, maybe. And as uh, as um, as Sarah Benedict is pointing out in the chat room, the cabin that they seek shelter in is in fact the same cabin. It's Rumpelstiltskin cabin from Skin Deep that he beats the crap out of you know Mo French in. So uh, that's you know same place. <laughs> And also, Wonsters, if any of you have any thoughts on this episode, feel free to give us a call because the last 15 minutes of the show will be dedicated to you guys calling in and sharing your opinions. The number is 347-677-1653. We're going to open that up in about 20 minutes for you guys to call in. Um, So after that whole, you know, the big dramatic pause and everything with that, Emma arrives at Granny's and she meets the stranger and she tells him they need to talk. Ooh. And she questions why he's interested in Henry, and he says that Henry approached him, and she asks him about his box. And he has one of the best little monologues, sir. I love it. He says he's going to make her wait a long time and watch him carry, carry it around, hauling it to strange and mysterious places, always wondering, <laughs> never knowing what is in the box. And I remember from season one, the biggest mystery at that point was what is in the box. And then he says that he can let her buy him a, or let him buy her a drink, and he'll tell her what's in the box right then. And she agrees, and he opens it up, revealing a typewriter. Not exactly the most dun dun dun. Not the most dramatic reveal ever, but certainly better than what we got later on in the season when we actually saw, or saying season two rather. When yeah, we'll get to that later. So he says (laughs) that he's a writer. And that Storybrooke gives him inspiration. And then after, you know, doesn't he give inspiration to you? And she asks if he's been there before, and he says that he didn't say that. But I also want to point out that he doesn't deny it either. Okay? And then he, mm-hmm. so he never says that he was there, but he never says that he wasn't. And then he leaves without actually buying her a drink. Meanwhile, at the cabin, David denies knowing about the pregnancy test, and the storm stops, just as they're kind of having this emotional resolution. So that's what I was talking about earlier as far as the timing of the storm. The storm is happening as Snow White and David are both having this internal emotional storm because, you know, they can't be together. But then once they kind of get to a point where they have a little bit of peace, the storm stops. Isn't that interesting? Hmm. So then Mary Margaret goes outside with the bird, and she sees the flock flying away, and she releases the love chicken. And it, uh, as it flies away, it greets its mate up in the sky. If you look, it, it's there. And uh, David grabs Mary Margaret's hand, and she tells him that it's just too painful, and, you know, you chose Catherine over me. And he says he feels like he has conflicting lives of loving both of them, and she tells him that they're just going to have to forget each other, and then she leaves. Meanwhile, back at home, the Nolans, David and Catherine, are talking. She wants to fix their relationship, and, you know, she wants them to go to Dr. Hopper with her and give them their best shot, which, of course, is a Snow White, Prince Charming thing. Very cruel trick, Regina. Very, very cruel. And uh, David says that he wants to make their marriage work, and it's 7, 10 a.m., and, you know, she tells him that he needs to go get coffee before work if he wants to go, but he decides to stay with Catherine and have breakfast instead of going to Granny's. One thing I want to point out about this scene, once is that most of the shots, if you notice, are you know, when the, the camera is looking at the mirror and we're seeing all the action unfold in the mirror before it switches to them on the bed. And it really does, you know, make you wonder, especially with what we know with Regina, was Regina watching magically through the mirror? Hmm. Oh, good point. Mm. I always assume that she was, in fact, doing that, that one of the magic things that she did manage to keep or, you know, maybe 
something that she built into the curse was the fact that she would be able to look into people's mirrors and see what's going on, just like she did when she was in the forest. So I always thought that was pretty interesting. And then, Mary, yeah. And then back at Mary Margaret's, Mary Margaret and Emma are eating breakfast, and the clock goes to seven fifteen. And Mary Margaret stays put instead of going to Granny's. And Emma grabs her hand and a show of support and love, which I love that, by the way. Like the mother comforting the or the daughter comforting the mother. It was so sweet. And I also want to point out too that one. I think it's a sugar bowl or something that's on the table, but it basically the lid of this uh, piece of dishware has a, a little branch with a little bluebird on it. Um, I love that. It's a little Easter egg thing. It's a total Snow White thing. It also harkens back to the pilot with the bluebird. And, yeah, I just love it. So I think it's pretty cool. Love. So then later on, Mary Margaret goes to Granny's at 745. And as she's leaving with her coffee, David arrives. And they see each other, and he leaves in a huff. And she follows him outside. And he reveals that Catherine's not pregnant and they have this great moment where they kiss, and it's all romantical and stuff. But, of course, it's never that easy, because who is looking on from across the street in her car? Regina. Oh, Regina. We love you, Regina. But you're such an evil witch, darling. You're such an evil queen, darling. Anyway. And the entire town, because they're right, like, out in the open. Right. Well, yeah, because oh. nobody is, nobody is ever going to notice, and Catherine is never going to hear about it. Like, not ever, right? right? <laughs> Sad trombone. <laughs> yeah, kind of ridiculous. And that was pretty much the end of the storybook storyline. Like, not a whole lot. Like, basically, let's get the bird back to its flock. Okay. Um, okay. Whatever. <laughs> I I can't even. I'm sorry. I just there's so many. I feel like there are so many other things that they could have done besides the stupid bird. Like I don't know. I get the whole bird thing. Snow White speaks bird, and you know, like you know, she has a connection (laughs) with the animals and all that stuff. But I just I'm not very fond of that plot device. It's just my own humble opinion. You know, it's whatever. But yeah. I was just like, there could have been something a little <laughs> bit more exciting there. Like, couldn't we have had a thing where, like, he's on a, like, he goes on a date with Catherine and she goes on a date with somebody and they're at the restaurant together, maybe the rabbit hole, and they're having that weird, awkward, like, oh, and where Catherine is like, oh, like, Mary Margaret, like, Miss Blanchard, why don't you join us for dinner? You know, like, it could have been so much different, I feel. But obviously, you know, they were establishing the, you know, the story, like the flashback storyline and the modern day stuff had to play into that. So, you know, not a whole lot of choice there with what's going on. So, you know, it's whatever. So that was pretty much the storybook storyline. Not the best thing in the world, but, you know, it's whatever. Meanwhile, <laughs> in the in the fairy tale land that was, Snow White is hunting a wild turkey in the woods when Red, when Red Riding Hood arrives. She nearly gets speared. Oh, no. <laughs> She gives Snow a basket of food, telling Snow that she's been in the wilderness for a month and Snow has lost track of time. And, you know, she tells Snow that Prince James is marrying Midas' daughter in two days' time. And Snow talks about how she wants to get James out of her head, which is exactly what she says to Emma earlier, you know, over in the diners as when she's Mary Margaret. So they're, you know, playing that parallel there. And Red seems to know something about getting James out of her head. So Snow pushes for her to tell her what it is. And she says, I helped you when no one else would. What do you know? And I remember thinking then, Amy, like, what is that about? Like, 
Me too, because we didn't know the whole red story at that point. So yeah, like, we didn't hmm. know that she was a wolf. Didn't know about her boyfriend that she ate. Like, <laughs> yummy. Yeah, like Peter. obviously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there was. I remember seeing that, thinking that that was an interesting thing because there was obviously going to be a lot more to this red than just you know she took a basket to her granny's house. Peter Pizza is saying in the in the in the chat room, play Freebird. Leonard yeah. Skinner. <laughs> for the love chicken. <laughs> for the for the love chicken. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I love it. That's that's so hilarious. Okay. So anyways, um Red tell Red speaks of whispers. There are whispers. I love the dialogue in the Enchanted Forest too. I just gotta say, like they 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 talk like they're in a fairy tale. I love that. Uh-huh. Like when Red says, "There are whispers of a man uh, who can do whatever you know, who can do exactly what Snow needs him to do, who can get James out of her head." And Snow asks who it is. And then later we see that Snow is rowing a ship in water, and she arrives at a mist-covered dock. Where is this mist-covered dock, by the way? Who is this Hans? Um, <laughs> Anyways, uh, Ruffle Silskin arrives in the boat, and he says that no one comes to him without a deal in mind and wants to know what she wants. And he gets out of the boat and says she's truly the fairest of them all, which I love. Another throwback to And she asks him for a cure to a broken heart. He says that he can't help her, and she says, well, we can't be together. And he says, well, never mind, I can't help you. And he dips a little vial into the lake, and he uses magic to turn it into a potion. And he says that no two loves are exactly alike. And he gives her this look. And then he takes a strand of her hair, telling her that she will forget the object of her affection when she drinks the potion. And she hesitates, and he says that love is the most powerful magic of all, and the cure must be extreme. Mmm. And as Sarah Benedict is saying in the chat room, uh, that she loves Robert Carlyle in this scene, yes. 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 All, mm-hmm. all of us. He did a fantastic job. I love him in the scene, too. I really like the scenes between Rumpelstiltskin and Snow White. They're always good. I've never they been disappointed are. by any one of their scenes, ever. I love seeing those two actors together. I think they play off each other really well. I do, too. And I like that Rumpel uh, just offhandedly referenced one of the laws of magic in the scene. I thought that was cool about the scene, too, when he met, just offhandedly mentioned he couldn't make you know James fall in love with her. Right. Love that. Love it. Love. Love it. So then Snow White asks Rumpelstiltskin, you know, what's your price? And he says that it's her hair. And she says, what do you need of my hair? And he says, what do you need of it now that it's been plucked from your head? Um, <laughs> yeah, and you're exactly. like, freak. <laughs> yeah, freak. Sarah Benedict in the chat room is saying that he's good with everyone. Stop kidding yourself. Um, I know that he's good with everybody. But I particularly enjoy the scenes between Rumple and Snow just because they they seem to have just, yeah, there's just something about, you can tell, I think it's because maybe you can tell that those two like working together. Um, uh-huh. There's just there's just something about their chemistry that I just, that really stands out to me more than his scenes with anybody else. There's something unique about the Rumpelstiltskin-Snow White scenes to me. I agree. So then she, I, I, and I I wonder if it's because she's supposed to be, I mean, still at this point, she's super, super the icon of being pure apart, and he's, from what we know, you know, 
really dark and shady. So when we see them together, it's like seeing two extremes. Right. Yeah. And then not only that too, but the other thing about this scene, and I told, yeah, they're, that's a good point. They're like total opposite ends of the spectrum there, Amy. Um, I just want to point out about this scene too, that the reason why he gives her the look and says that no two loves are alike and that he wants her hair is because of course he needs her hair in order to make the true love's potion that he will later use to break the curse. Ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so then Snow White takes the potion and he leaves, and she's standing there. And then later on at King George's palace, the impending marriage of James and Abigail is being celebrated, but Charming is upstairs brooding over Snow White, like you do. And... Uh, <laughs> King George enters and offers him a gift. It's a crown from King Midas. And Charming says that he could feed an entire kingdom for a week with that crown, which really shows Charming's, like, humble roots coming from the farm and, you know, his more caretaking personality and the fact that he loves, you know, other people so much that, you know, yeah. Um, Yes, indeed, Ashley. King George is, in fact, a D. Canoe. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I can't say the actual word because I can't, but it's a, he's a D canoe. You can figure out what D means for yourself, but yeah. Um, no, no, Ashley, it does not mean Disney, nor does it refer to a body part. I'm just going to say that. So, um, so, yeah, anyways, George says that his marriage to Abigail will feed their kingdom for eternity, and then George demands Charming's heart, demands that he gives his heart to Abigail. And I thought that was an interesting kind of metaphor there, considering that Regina is, like, trying to take Charming's heart or trying to take Snow's heart, and then George wants Charming's heart, like, more figuratively. So, yeah. (laughs) Ashley, I cannot respond to that here. I cannot respond to your chat room comment on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, I'm going to keep going because I'm going to crack up. So then um, Charming replies that George already has his heart, and George, but George knows that he loves another and tells him to forget her. And George speaks about how nobility is not easy and that Charming must do whatever it takes to get Snow White out of his head. And nothing is going to stop the wedding, and then he leaves. Well, Charming is basically just like, um, forget that. And he goes to write, he goes and he writes Snow a lovely letter, and then he uses the bird to send it to her. So there we go. I love chicken. The love chicken. <laughs> Poor Charming. He just gets so there, devastated in this issue, or in this episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, a bird. Okay, so the bird, <laughs> the love chicken, we're just going to call it the love chicken for now. So the love chicken arrives at Snow's hideout, and she reads the letter. <laughs> Uh, she reads the letter and she asks, and it basically is, you know, it's charming asking him, asking her to meet him at the castle if she loves him. Um, of course. And, and <laughs> you know that she does and that she wants to, but of course, she, you know, so she decides to go to, to George's castle and she's got some flowers claiming them to be for the wedding and she makes her way up to Charming's bedchamber. Um, perhaps to ride the D canoe. And then Charming comes in, but before she can greet him, she, she is captured by George's guards, and they put her in the dungeon. And the guard takes Charming's letter and leaves her while she looks for an escape route. Well, Grumpy is over in the next cell, whistling hi-ho, by the way, and telling her that there is no escape. And he introduces himself, and she says that she won't give up. 
And he tells her his backstory a little bit, how he was imprisoned because of love, saying that the woman he loved was beautiful as a fairy, hint, hint, uh, to what comes up later with Nova, and that he worked and traded all of his wages for a diamond to propose, but the diamond was a stolen rock, and he was jailed. So wrong. So wrong. Do we uh, ever but, hear more about that? I don't remember ever hearing about that. Like about uh, no, the stolen it, diamond. No, because I think that it changed. Um, it It had to have changed to something different because we when we see it later on with Nova that he wasn't he didn't have the diamond yet. So we have we have yet to see we have yet to see that part of the flashback. So um I don't I don't know if we ever will. And uh I would certainly love to though. Um I yeah. would too. We can get Amy Acrobat. Acrobat? That sounds okay. We could get Amy Acker, who played Nova, back on the show. Well, she may be an acrobat in her spare time. We don't really know that much about <laughs> her personal life. So, you know, um, you know, she could be. Um, maybe she's riding the D-canoe. So, um, Anyways, uh, Snow tells him, anyway, so Stealthy Dwarf arrives, right? Yay, Stealthy, the one time we got to see you. And uh, she, he breaks Grumpy out of his cell, and as they're leaving, Snow tells Grumpy that he hopes he gets his love back, and they break Snow out. Well, then the three of them are in the tunnels, and they're arguing whether or not to escape via the courtyard or climbing over the curtain wall. And Grumpy goes with Stealthy to the courtyard, where they are confronted by King George and his knights. And Stealthy is struck by an arrow and killed. And it's very sad. Meanwhile, and George this is the about episode. This is the episode that Kaylee was talking to us about last week where they had to decide what to name him. And they were going to name him Sneaky, but that sounded too nefarious. So they changed it to Stealthy. Yeah, and it, it's probably a, a – yeah, because they didn't like the fact that it made him seem – you know, I mean, sneaky just, I mean, it sounds sneaky. It sounds very shady. So, uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm glad they changed it to stealthy, which makes more sense because, you know, he's stealthy, so that, that totally makes sense. So they broke in Snow White out of the cell, and then the three of them are arguing whether, you know, how they're going to do it, and then Grumpy decides to go with Stealthy to the courtyard, and they're confronted by King George and, oh, yeah, I already said that. So, yeah, uh, Stealthy gets hit by the arrow and killed, and then George is about to have Grumpy executed when Snow White arrives. And, um, you know, she threatens to burn down the castle if he doesn't stop. Because apparently lighting the one stack of hay in the entire courtyard is somehow going to change, you know, like burn the entire castle down. But, you know, regardless, apparently in the Enchanted Forest, um, you know, things work differently. So that's okay. Um, George dismisses Grumpy and lets him go, and then he tells Snow White that they need to talk. And George tells Snow White that she poisoned Charming's heart which I love that metaphor, that she poisoned a heart, like, especially considering what happens later on. And, yeah, uh, I love that, too. Yeah, not only with Mary Margaret, or no, her name is Snow White, not only with Snow White killing Cora, but also, um, you know, the whole poison apple thing that comes up at the end of the season. I, love the, I just love the fact that he says he poisoned, that she poisons Charming's heart. So she, he also tells us she's going to ruin the marriage, and he says that love is a disease, and it can be vanquished by a cure or death. And he, you know, Snow basically says that, you know, or he tells Snow White that she has to tell Charming that she doesn't love him. 
that will break his heart and cure him of his feelings for snow. And then she says, or what, you'll kill me? And he says, no, I'll kill him. Because it'll make Charming a martyr. Like, he basically says that if he kills Snow White, then her death will just, you know, Charming will always love her and it'll never be the same. But if he kills Charming, then that's a totally different story. So there it is. And then he also admits that Charming is not his son, which I found that very interesting. So then goes down the hall to Charming's bedchamber, and she tells him that she doesn't love him and that he deserves to be with somebody who does love him completely and everything like that. And Charming cries, which, oh, my gosh. The um, one tear. The one tear. Like, can we just, can we please, like, I just wanted to, like, grab him and hug him and be like, it's okay. Like, it's all right. Like, I love you. I love you, Charming. I love you, Josh Dallas, you handsome man. It'll be okay. Because, um, yeah, he totally will be. And, uh Anyway, so Charming cries the one tear, and then Snow White leaves, and she's obviously devastated. And then outside the castle, she is met by the dwarves. And this is a scene from Two North last week that we were talking about where Regina sees her with the dwarves, and she says she's cavorting with dwarves now. When did that happen? Well, it happened the next week. That's when Right then. Yeah. And if Regina and then the, was watching that whole time, like, wouldn't you think? She must have just, like, made that. She had just started watching, because otherwise I would say, she would poof in and, you know, get Snow White right then. Well, you know, I'm, okay. I get kind of confused about something with this episode, and here's why. In the, in, um, in the Land Without Magic, the season one finale, Regina is watching, or maybe it's an apple red as blood. I think it's an apple red. No, it's, it's a Land Without Magic. Um, after Grant, after the Huntsman lets Charming out of his cell. Regina is watching him in the mirror and she uses her magic to poof him to the magic forest. And yet Regina is watching Snow White in the mirror and doesn't poof her to the castle and just like kill her. Um, It made me wonder if if Regina really had her heart in trying to kill Snow or not or if she was just trying to make her miserable. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, well, you know, Regina loves having, you know, she loves the game. She loves having someone to destroy, so it's fun for her. It is fun for her. It is. I love, love the scene, though, with Snow, and where it shows Snow and the seven dwarfs together, because that was one of the first times we got all seven of them with her, and it just really kind of harken back to that original Disney movie, and I was like, oh. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> Ashley said in the chat room that Regina is plotting in the real Housewives of Arendelle is on in the background. <laughs> it's true. Aw, poor Regina. She's so misunderstood. I love her. <laughs> oh, 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 God. Okay. <laughs> so then um, – after the, after the dwarves tell Snow that they're taking her home with them, you know, they say that we've all lost someone today. And then Doc says, now we're seven. I love that line. I love that line. I love that line. It establishes yeah. that there are seven dwarves. I love it. Amy, I know you love it too. I do. I, I love that so much. That's one of, actually, that was one of the, one of the pictures from that season that I actually have in a frame, because that's one of my very, that's what I mentioned in the beginning of the show, that's my favorite scene from this. Oh, there you go. 
Sydney has the remote control to the mirror. He keeps changing the channel. That's why Regina can't just poof snow. I I like it too. That's that totally. That's that's absolutely what's happening. I'll, I accept it. That's plot logic. I accept it. Um, Regina's like, damn it, Sydney, give me the call. Yeah, and then later on, and then like, and then when the commercial comes on, it's like an advertisement for Granny's, like you know the little, you know, like little pub or whatever that Granny's we have running. And like, yeah, you know, now and she's now offering meatloaf, you know, that kind of thing. And then and then she exactly. probably even says in there, you know, she's like meatloaf in our world, what a bitch. Okay, anyways. Um, <laughs> so then Grumpy tells her that it's going to get better, and she takes out the potion to forget her you know, to forget all about charming, but Grumpy stops her. And he says that he needs his pain. It makes him grumpy and that if she wants to drink it one day to forget all of her pain, then she can. But for today, she needs to put it away. One thing I want to point out with this potion, there's a lot of alcoholism subtext in this scene. I don't know if any of you have ever picked up on that before. But she's basically heartbroken and wants to drink to forget. Uh Are we seeing this? Are we getting this now? Are we seeing it? Okay, we're seeing it. Okay. And in Storybrooke, Leroy does drink all the time. So it was kind of weird, you know, having Grumpy tell right. her that. It was kind of an interesting right. link. Right. A reversal there, like their char- total character reversal there. I love it. So then the next day, Charming arrives in the same field as at the start of the episode when Snow almost speared Red Riding Hood, and he's looking for Snow White. And he is greeted by Red Riding Hood carrying her basket, as ever. And she tells him that Snow White is gone, and he says that he will find her. He will always find her. Oh. Oh. How does he know where to go? Like, when he goes to that field, like, how does he know where to go? It's true love, babe. It's like a compass. (laughs) Heart is like a compass. He will always find her, okay? That's just the way that it is. Um, I also just want to say, too, that that scene, like, the whole thing with Snow and Charming, like, the flashback storyline in this episode is one of the things that made me root for the two of them being together so much in season one. Because in season one, it was all about getting Snow White and Prince Charming back together. Yes. And this storyline was one of the things that made me root for them. So meanwhile, at the dwarf's cottage, Grumpy arrives, and he tells Snow that the wedding is off between James and Abigail. But she's drank the potion, and she has forgotten Charming, because she says, who? And I remember thinking then, like, really, Snow? Really? Really? You couldn't wait okay. a day? Right. You couldn't have waited five minutes for him to get home from work? Like, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Apparently the girl likes to drink early in the afternoon. So um, I just want to point out, too, that uh, Snow White in this scene is wearing the same yellow dress that we later see her wearing in the Heart of Darkness episode. So it's the same dress. We actually saw it, you know, we, and I didn't even notice that until we yes. were it. Gorgeous. Yeah, love she's it. sleeping and swats at the bird. Right. Love it. Yeah, try yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely. There are vermin in the house, remember? And that was pretty much the end. That was the end of the flashback storyline. So, Oncers, please call us and let us know what you think of this episode. The number is 347-677-1653. We've got about 10 minutes left because we ran a little bit over and trying to do all the recaps and stuff. We're having a shortened um, episode today. We're only going for an hour, so that's why we only have about 10 minutes left. Um, so, yeah, if you're in the chat room or if you're just listening to this, please give us a call because we want to know what you guys think. In the meantime, we are going to, uh, we're going to discuss um, 
really briefly, I just want to talk about the Quest really, really quick um, while we're waiting for folks to call in because I really do love this show. I love the Quest. It is totally for Oncers. If you haven't watched it yet, then you need to because it's Survivor meets Lord of the Rings meets Once Upon a Time meets Awesomeness. So there we go. Um, yes. I love it. We're so addicted to that show in the South. <laughs> Yeah, me too. I love that show. I really, I've already got some favorites um, on that show, but I'm not gonna say who they are or anything. But I have, I have people who I have that are my favorites um, and the ones that I kind of want to win. But I'm also waiting to learn more about the other contestants and, you know, see what they have going on. So I'm a little me bit. Me too, excited and about I that. think we think one of them is a mole. And uh, the second episode, I don't know if you felt this way, but I feel like the second episode was like way stronger than the first episode. Like I didn't really start to, you know, kind of pick out characters that or paladins that I liked until the second episode. Yeah, I'm uh yeah, I don't want to say who I like. I will I will I will say this. I really like Bonnie. Mhm. Uh, I like Bonnie a lot. I also like Christian. And I like um Oh my God, the guy he won the challenge this week. Shondo. Shondo, thank you. I like yeah. Shondo too. <laughs> and so everyone is asking what next week's episode is going to be for the rewatch. We were originally going to do the Stranger, however, um, I want to watch Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. Amy, what do you think? Sounds like a plan, darling. Whatever you guys want to watch. What do you guys think that are in the uh, the chat room? I really want to watch Fruit of the Poisonous Tree because um, the fact that it's it's a Regina Sydney episode and he's coming back in season four. So I think that would be a good idea to watch Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. So that's the one that we're going to watch for next week. It also happens to be the episode right after this one. So we're going to be doing kind of a one, two, three punch here as far as the storylines go. So we'll be able to keep track of the storybook stuff a little bit better. And then after Fruit of the Poisonous Tree, we're going to do... Hmm. We've already watched Red Handed once, didn't we? Have we done red-handed? Did we do red-handed in the winter hiatus? We've done so many of these now. I don't think we did red-handed when we did. No, no, we didn't. I know we didn't. Okay, then we're doing red-handed. Okay, then we're doing red-handed after Fruit of the Poisonous Tree because that's one of the best episodes of the entire show. Yeah, I thought The Stranger came right after 715, but I might be wrong. I do love red-handed, though. I love that one um, so much. No, uh, 7.15 a.m. is episode 10, and um, The Stranger is episode 20. So there's 10 episodes in between, and we we still have to do... Yeah, because, like, in between, there was Fruit of the Poisonous Tree, Skin Deep, What Happened to Frederick, Dreamy, Red-Handed, Heart of Darkness, Hat Trick, and The Stable Boy, and The Return. A lot. Oh, okay, 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 that's right. The Stranger was when we actually got his story. I was thinking that was... uh, Okay. There we go. Exactly. So next week is Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. Then the week after that, we're going to do Red Handed. And then the week after that, um, I think, ooh, God, there's, all of episode one is so good. I want to watch them all. Um, after that, I think that that's when we'll do, we'll, we're either going to do The Stable Boy or The Stranger. 
after that. I think we might have to do The Stranger. Well, they're both so, oh, they're so good. Well, you know what? Originally, our plan for the podcast, since we didn't know what the premiere date was, they were all kind of tentative. Right, so right. So we've got one, two, three, four, five, six. We have six weeks left. Wow. We've only got six podcasts left until we get Once Upon a Time back. So let's do – I want to watch some of the season two, though. So let's do Red-Handed and The Stranger, and then we'll go into season two after that. And so that's what we'll do. Okay, guys? So next week is going to be Fruit of the Poisonous Tree. And then after that is red-handed, and then the stranger, and then we'll do three from season two, and then it'll be time for season four to start, and that's it. Crazy, crazy, yeah, because we did actually do hat trick during the last hiatus, so we've yeah. done that one. We've done a rewatch yep. for that. So yep. yeah, sounds good. So that's I the plan, everybody. Yeah, um, and we're not getting well. Blog Talk Radio was having some issues later today, and I got the warning, and they said that there may be an issue with phone calls, and I don't see anybody calling in. But uh, so we've only got three minutes left of the show anyway, so it's not like we have a whole lot of time to get into a question and answer session. Um, let me see. What else can we talk about here for the next couple of minutes? Wow, we never end early. Uh, are we doing an hour and a half next week? You want to do an hour and yeah. a half for Fruit of the Poisonous Tree? Yeah. I think uh, we should. Yeah, because there's a lot of details in there, and there's a lot of stuff that I want to get into on that one. So I do want to do an hour and a half next week. So next week, everybody, we're back to our regular 90-minute shows. Um, this one was just a shortened one because, there, honestly, there wasn't a whole lot going on in this episode. So that's why we had to cut it a little bit short because there's just, event-wise, not a whole lot of stuff happened. So, yeah. And then, so now that you guys know that we're going to be watching Fruit of the Poisonous Tree next week, please plan ahead and know that the last 15 minutes of the show are going to be for you guys to call in and talk about it with us. So watch the show, make your notes, make your points, and then call in and share them with us because we do want to hear from you guys about that. So make sure that you do so because we love hearing from you. Sarah Benedict, Ashley, Aaron Van Quill. I'm looking at you three specifically. <laughs> I'm just saying. As I've called in before, I know you look. Mm-hmm. Lori, Lori's called us before. Yes. Oh yeah, Lori has called us before too. Ooh, maybe I could get Lori to call. I wonder if I can get. Lori maybe to call. you could. Poke maybe her with I a fork. Make her do we'll it. To, yeah. Or, or I'll, <laughs> a I'll, dingle I'll just send the, I'll send the love chicken to ask her. That's all. There you go. Love chicken. <laughs> um, Sarah Benedict is saying that love is an open door. Well, it certainly is because Snow opened the door to the birdcage today and, uh, you know, let the bird out. Well, let that chicken breathe. <laughs> <laughs> the love chicken. Can somebody, we need a meme. We need a meme. We need a meme. <laughs> somebody make me a meme. <laughs> somebody make me a meme. I, I mean, because, yeah. And uh, so there we go. All right, we have about, I'd say, 30 seconds left of the show. So we're going to end it here. So don't forget, everybody, next week is Fruit of the Poisonous Tree, then Red-Handed, then The Stranger. So we have the next three episodes decided. And then next week we will let you guys know what the rest of the schedule is because we have to go through season two and pick which ones we want to watch and, uh, you know, decide our favorites there. So thank you all for joining us tonight for this short edition of the podcast is Once Upon a Fan. We do appreciate you listening and supporting our efforts here. We will, of course, have all the latest news for you, too, in the news roundup. And that's pretty much it for us, guys. About 10 seconds Good night. left. We'll Good night. Good night. Love chicken. Love chicken. <laughs> <laughs>